<laughs> Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Live Stream Sunday School for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio. Thank you for joining me today. Uh, my name is Melvin Gaines, and we're here to get started with a little bit of music to allow us to uh, allow for other people to jump on with us. We appreciate you being here, and of course, this Sunday School is for anyone who is interested in just joining us on Sunday mornings just to get into fellowship online as well as hear some things from the Word of God. Amen? So let's go ahead and play our selection. Uh, it's from Michael Lampkin, uh, Blessed Be the Rock. And thank you for being here this, this morning, everybody. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Jackie, good morning. Nate, good morning. Joanna and Charles, good morning. God bless you. Arlen, Arlen, good morning. Everybody is ready to jump on today. <laughs> Amen. Double cup of coffee. Amen. You ever tried to drink two cups of coffee at one time? I haven't, but back-to-back, uh, back, yes. Thank you for being here this morning. Blessed Be the Rock by Michael Lampkin and company. Ronnie, good morning. Roscoe and Arella, good morning. I can't see everybody's name. I have to kind of rely upon what... Larry and Ann, good morning. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Six thirty. You should be jacked up now. <laughs> I know there's a threshold for me. I can't have too many cups of coffee. One or two. That's about it. And then move on to another thing. Amen, amen. Florinda, good morning. Hey, hey, hey. Good morning, good morning. Very humid today. Yesterday it was in the mid 70s. And it still felt like it was. It felt like it was in the 80s, but it really wasn't. That's how weird it was yesterday. It might be much the same today. Amen. Amen. You're hopped up on two cups already? Mm-hmm. I have to kind of watch that terminology, hopped up. 
Amen. Good morning, Pearl. Good morning, Walter. Ernestine, good morning. Thank you for joining us this morning. Amen. This is Michael Lampkin and Blessed Be the Rock. I'm going to add and company. We have a lot of people who have a lot of talent who are just as good as anybody else out there doing recordings. Amen. Use the talent that God gives you. There for a reason. Amen. 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 We hope you're enjoying this study on biblical inerrancy. We've got, uh, we're on the home stretch here. But um, may we always hold the Bible close and keep it close. Amen. At the end of the day, that's all we got. And faith in Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for being here this morning, everybody. Amen. Looks like we'll go through the whole song, Arlen. <laughs> he is wonderful, amen. Thank you so much for being here. God bless you all. We hope you all had a good week, but it's now time to get into the Word a little bit and hear some truths about how we should be studying the Word. Amen. Michael Lampkin uh, for with uh, Blessed Be the Rock. And it was a uh, uh, cut from, uh, I guess he did a live uh, broadcast on YouTube, and that's where that came from. And those are the ways we avoid uh, getting switched off <laughs> because of uh, some sort of an issue that uh, about music being played online. So yeah, that's right. They they well they they blocked it. They, yeah, something like that. Somebody we know very well who's an artist posted his own material, and they actually tried to block his own material. It's like he, it's his material. <laughs> it's, it just gets out of hand, and I and that was just further testimony that 
I think that with the approach that we're taking now with our morning music on Sundays is the right one. It's working well. Thanks again, Arlen, for that. Much appreciated. And we appreciate all of you for being here. We are getting ready to get into some Sunday school. Some Bible verses, not many, but, but we will be getting into some very, very important aspects of study and looking at the whole purpose of why we read the Bible and, and looking at what uh, there's different ways of looking at it and there's different ways to approach it. I'm going to talk about that. It's going to be a little bit controversial, but not anything that you wouldn't really expect. But we'll be doing that in about a few minutes here. Um, first of all, after Sunday school, we will um, have online here available um, uh, a, a sermon, a message. Uh, after Sunday school, it'll be self-care in Jesus. And that's a message that I'll be presenting also live in church today, but it'll be following on the timeline here on the Akron Alliance Fellowship Facebook page. So please, if you don't have any church experience that you're going to right now, we try to put it right here online for you. Uh, If you're not able to come to church in Akron, please stay online for uh, a message. And that'll be after Sunday school, immediately following Sunday school. Um, Please remember your tithes and offerings. We really appreciate you all just keeping... Uh, that going. We, we kept the effort going throughout the entire pandemic, and if you're coming to church, of course, it's going to be dropped off in a drop box in the lobby. We don't take a collection plate. We ask that you just drop it off, but if you are not coming to church, you want to mail it, mail it to Akron Alliance Fellowship, 688 Diagonal Road, Akron, Ohio, 44320. 688 Diagonal Road, Akron, Ohio, 44320. Of course, that address is going to be here on the uh, Akron Alliance Facebook page as well, too, as well as our website, akronalliance.org. We appreciate you remembering your tithes and offerings. Uh, We have to run the church, uh, the business of the church, by making sure that things are taken care of, but also have the benevolent uh, offerings or monies available in case someone calls upon us with a need. We want to be able to do that. So we appreciate your remembering that and giving it all to the Lord and letting the Lord take care of the rest. Amen. So those are the announcements that I have right now. We, we have um, uh, a few more lessons, like I said, of biblical inerrancy. We want to go ahead and get into this right now. And this is going to be an, uh, uh, a survey as to how we are going to read the Bible. The content is coming directly from... Um, how we got the Bible by Sid Litke, and it is we're finishing up on that basic study, and now going to look further into how we take all this information that we've learned, and now use it for our own growth, our own benefit, and making sure that we're doing everything we can to read the Bible. First of all, just to be very very clear, reading the Bible on itself by itself is not enough if you want to grow in the Lord. There has to be other actions that take place in the process of reading the Bible. We, we have a habit, for those of us who like to read, we read a, a, a book chapter after chapter. You can do that with the Bible too, but there has to be more that comes into it, or, or that goes into it, excuse me, that you have to put into that effort. And so we'll look at that uh, with a little bit more detail as to what I'm referring to. And... If you're going to grow in the, whole, in the Holy Spirit, if you're going to be sanctified by the Spirit, these are things that we all need to practice and make sure that we're doing. And, I, you know, we don't, it's just like in, in high school, we don't, we're not taught basic things sometimes about how to take care of our finances. And I think that sometimes we need to also go into 
how to be taught to read and study the Bible. And, and I think that's appropriate, especially because we have so many people who really just don't know um, how to go about it or what to do with it. If you look at the Bible and it's 66 books, it can be quite overwhelming if you look at it from just the standpoint of the number of books there are. But if you have the proper approach and if you're reading the Bible every day and studying it every day and praying about it every day, then you're going to see how the Spirit works and giving you information as to how you can grow personally in your relationship with Jesus Christ and live out your uh, faith before others. Um, the message today is actually going to be talking about that to a certain degree as well. But let's go ahead and get started since we are uh, well into this here and <laughs> time-wise. And let's now allow our hearts now to be spoken to by the Spirit as we move forward. And let's look to the Lord with a word of prayer. We'll get started. Father, we are just so thankful for your presence this morning. We, thankful, we are thankful for how you indeed help us now to focus on your word and help us to see how we are to go about our studies with you. We thank you, Lord, for the subject of biblical inerrancy and understanding that your word is truth. You are not capable of lying. You do not lie. And so we can rely upon the fact that after all of this time, after all of these years, you indeed have shown us your truth over time, that your word has maintained its truth over time. There have been copying errors, yes, little things here and there, but the essence of what you want us to know has never changed, and we are so thankful for that. Bless us now at this time, Lord. We give you praise and thanks in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Okay, everybody, uh, turn your Bibles and electronic devices to Second Peter chapter 3. Verse 16. I want to take a look at a, a passage here. We're going to be in the subject of interpretation, and we want to make sure that we understand that even Scripture addresses this issue about interpretation in the Bible. We, it's very important for us to make sure that we get it right. If we want to make sure that we have God's understanding as far as what's going on, we have to get it right. And Scripture even addresses this very fact. And I pulled some verses together that talk about that. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 16. Um, very, very interesting. This is the English, English Standard Version. I want you to follow along with me on that in this area. It says, As he does in all his letters when he speaks in them of these matters, there are some things in them that are hard to understand, which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction as they do the other scriptures. And here's the thing that we need to understand here is that, of course, on the surface, what we read sometimes in Scripture is indeed difficult to understand. But that doesn't mean we won't eventually understand it. What we read, need to also recognize, though, is that the Holy Spirit, the sanctifying power of the Holy Spirit, helps us to gain understanding over time. I don't think that, I think it's important for us to understand the basics, but as we get deeper into the Word, we need to make sure that we don't twist things around just for convenience. And I'll talk about that in a couple of minutes here. Um, and understand that Second Peter 1.20, you don't have to turn to that, but I'm just going to read it very quickly. Knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. It's coming directly from the Lord. It's coming directly from Him. And we want us to see that and understand that as we go through our own personal Bible studies. It's the Word of God being spoken directly to 
you personally, and you need to personalize it. You need to personalize it based upon what your, where your life is, what's going on in your life. Um, and the other thing, too, that, I, that just comes to mind as I'm talking about this, you know, there have been many, many occasions, and there are occasions that all of us have experienced where things aren't going as well as you would like them to go. But that's why it's important for you to be in the Word. You know why? Because you recognize that even as David was scuffling all throughout when his writings, right, he still found time to praise the Lord. You know why? Because it was comforting. It was soothing to him. didn't necessarily have a change in what was going on right at that moment, but it was a way for him to cope and a way for him to deal with a lot of different things. And that's why self-care in Jesus Christ is so important. Stay in the Word and stay with it. Don't put it down. Don't stop reading it. Don't allow yourself, don't allow Satan to put the Word away from you and separate you from God's Word. That is so, so important. So we've completed the basic study of how we got the Bible, and we've gone from God's inspired revelation to the actual Bible translations we read. And everybody has a translation, right, that we, we have fallen into. And we'll mention them very quickly, the, the New International Version, the New King James Version, the English Standard Version, the New Living Translation. We've talked about where all of those Bibles fit. Uh, all of them, by the way, are, are reliable, uh, pass, uh, reliable uh, translations to read and study. And we found that they're... For, for those who are newer, the New Living Translation, in fact, is probably one of the easier ones to read because it flows beautifully when it comes to our regular English, okay, the way we speak. But it doesn't mean that uh, you shouldn't look at other, uh, other translations as well, too, that, that are also very reliable. And we've covered that, and if you have questions about the translation you're using, you're welcome to ask and, and submit that information online and see if it's okay, and I'll be happy to answer that question for you. Um, but as we go forward... Here's a study now, a very simplified summary of how the Christian can use the scripture to, so that it affects your life, uh, however it is, using the scripture. So we're going to look at interpretation today. There, there's actually three studies here that I'm just going to do one today, and we'll probably pick up on the other two if we have time next week, and we should be able to. But interpretation is what we're going to look at today. What is interpretation? Let's define that for all of us here. Interpretation is the process of a reader seeking to understand the meaning of a scripture passage. If you don't understand it, you're going to ask the Lord for clarification. If you don't understand it, there's a way of going about, of course, in prayer. You seek him in that. But it may require also additional reading and studying as well, too, if you are kind of puzzled about what a passage means. And I don't think there's anybody out there who has read the Bible from cover to cover and not had to go back and ask some questions about what they read. Amen? It's all Bible scholars, they dig in, they want to know exactly what God is saying in these passages. And I think the Bible was written specifically for that purpose and reason, for us to gain basic understanding, but also to dig, dig deep and figure out exactly what God is saying to us because we need to understand that we're all different people. We can understand the same things in basic terms, but we are also having in this relationship we have with the Lord Jesus Christ, we need to dig deep and truly understand what God is saying to us. Not saying to, for example, my wife. God may be saying something totally different to my wife through what she reads and studies that he's saying to me. 
or for any other person, right? We, we have to understand that we have to take ownership of our own relationship with Jesus Christ. We can't copy off of what other people are doing. We can't try to figure stuff, stuff like that out without doing the digging yourself. So interpretation, the process of reading a reader seeking to understand the meaning of a scripture passage. Now, listen very carefully to this because this is important for us to understand. In our fleshly nature, there are people who will take scripture and use it for their own benefit. So there are three basic approaches to Bible interpretation. First of all, we're going to do the first one of the three, different approaches to interpretation. Now, who uses Bible interpretation for their own benefit? It's a cult. Cults use the Bible to, for the purpose of different approaches to interpretation. Cults use the Bible to try to prove views they already have. In other words, they may have already written some stuff down or already have some things down in their own minds about what they want to accomplish. The real authority of their view is always some single leader, some come to mind, who has his or her ideas in writing. Uh, we can use the names, the famous names of a Jim Jones or a David Koresh or anybody. These are people that are well known that they had, were practicing a cult. Amen? And so they had their own views of things. And, of course, they would use the Bible uh, for the purpose of... Uh, proclaiming their their so-called truth, their own truth. The cult considers those writings as equal in authority, actually greater, than the Bible. Then they lift some biblical verses out of context to support their views. The most famous one of all that we can refer to is Jim Jones. I won't get into all of that today, but if you read back on his history... He was, uh, I believe, he was a, a, a socialist. He had it. He had a totally different political approach, but there were some things that he used in Scripture to basically deceive people into following him. And you know what the end result of all of that was when uh, he uh, wound up in Guyana, and it was just a disaster. And unfortunately, it's really, really important for us to make sure that when we go uh, before the Lord Jesus Christ, we are not elevating any leader. Uh, as being greater than what Scripture says. And so that that's why you've got to be armed with the Word. You've got to be the one to be able to account for your own uh, interpretation of Scripture. You should not allow someone else to tell you how to interpret Scripture. I think that's the best way to put it. And that includes me or anybody else. You, we, you have to go back uh, and be that Berean believer. A Berean believer, Acts chapter 17, verse 11, which I'll actually talk about. I'm actually talking about my message today. I probably should stop doing that and just let you tune in later. <laughs> so I'm going to move on to the next item. The sec second thing to be con conscious of about this different approaches to interpretation, it's uh, being misunderstood. It's been, it's the word of the Bible is misunderstood by liberal scholars. Liberal scholars are making a very, uh, because the word liberal is being used as far as liberal interpretation is concerned, right? Scholars who don't accept the authority and interpretation of Scripture Interpret the Bible in purely human terms. They feel free to call the Bible wrong on issues if society's standard is different. They also take the liberty to water down statements that they deem unacceptable. The seriousness of sin, the need to trust in Christ for salvation, etc. Very egregious statements, right? But that's what they will do. 
On other non-doctrinal issues, however, much of their research may be very correct. I'm not going to call it valuable. I'm going to kind of counter uh, Sid Litke on this one when, when he makes that statement. It may have a value, but I, I tend to diminish anybody who I know is taking scripture and just using pieces, parts, and not doing it for the right reasons, not doing it for reasons that are, are beneficial. So in that, in that place, I kind of part company with uh, Sid on that. I mean, everything else he said is not spot on, but I don't consider anyone who deliberately takes scripture, calls the Bible wrong on certain issues. When the Bible is inerrant, there is no... Uh, problem with understanding uh, God does not approve of gay marriage. God does not approve of a gay lifestyle. He has said this in his word. It's been very clear, and yet we've had churches go completely on the opposite uh, path and try to win people over uh, for attendance and saying that we will accept you for who you are. Well, we'll accept you for who you are, but at the end of the day, if if you're in sin, sin is sin, and there's a need for repentance, and you have to call for God to repent. And I'm also good, glad to hear that there are many people, many testimonies of people who have lived a gay lifestyle who did repent and turn from that because they were deceived. They were uh, they were looking at they were looking at the fact that they were contrary to God's word. So I'm not going to just pick on that particular subject, but you know those who talk about needing trust in Christ for salvation, saying that's not important. Well, that's just a very egregious and very uh, down near blasphemous type of a statement to make because it's very clear if you won't, we don't get anything else about God's word he is our savior Jesus Christ is our savior he wants us to be saved he wants us to have a saving knowledge of him and so those who teach otherwise you obviously run away from and stay away from and the third basic approach to bible interpretation as far as different approaches go is that it, the Bible is taken literally in its historical and grammatical context, and that's where we camp out. That's where we are. That's where we are as a church. That's where you should be as a person. Take the Bible literally in its historical and grammatical context. And there are conservative Bible scholars who take the Bible at face value, and they consistently arrive at the same interpretations on major issues. There are some detailed interpretations that will vary, but the major messages are clear. All the commentaries about certain scriptures don't always line up because, guess what? There's a lack of understanding sometimes on what God is saying. You know, we, we've had discussions uh, recently about what happened to Jesus. Where was Jesus when he died on the cross? Where did he go and where was he for those three days before he rose again? And there's been all kinds of discussion about that. And people aren't quite sure exactly where he was. We can only guess that he went down to... Uh, the place of rest, uh, uh, Sheol, uh, and he went to that those areas where he witnessed or prophesied or spoke to those who were obedient to God and those who were disobedient to God. They can exist in the same place, but we can we can speculate as to what he said. We we know that he did make a proclamation, essentially saying that he had overcome death and he was now um, because of what he had done on the cross. The shedding of blood, that took care of all sins, and that allowed for those who were righteous to have passage with him into heaven. Um, we have to recognize that that's what was, I believe was being said, but I can't say for 100% certainty of that. We can only guess those things. But, but based upon what biblical scholars have said, we can feel pretty reliable and confident that Jesus went to that place for a reason. And he did so in such a manner where... 
He didn't have to pay any additional penalties, by the way. He, he already took care of things. When he said, on the cross, it is finished at that point. It is finished means it's done. That whole thing was taken care of. All of this has to be done in context, right? When we look at what Scripture says, we look at the historical and grammatical contexts of what's being said. It, it lessens the need for speculation on some key points. And so we need to always make that, make that known and understood. And literal interpretation simply means taking it as it was meant. What did the Bible mean? What was being said here? And a figure of speech is taken that way, too. A grammatical form is assumed accurate. Um, what a term or phrase meant at the time in history where this was being written is worth researching and then understood accordingly. This view lets the Bible speak for itself. The amazing thing about Scripture is that even though the Bible was written about 2,000 years ago, approximately, uh, give or take a few hundred years in there somewhere, the bottom line is that it's applicable to where we are today. We can read the Bible and take it where, for what it meant at that time, but also, miraculously, I'll, I'll add, take what is being said back then and apply it to today as far as how we are to view who the Lord is. Why? Because the Lord never changes. The Lord is always the same. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so his, because his character has not changed, we can rely upon the character of God that we read back at the time when it was written and penned out, and we can rely upon the fact that those same truths hold for us today. What a blessing it is to have a word that transcends upon time, time and place. The word is eternal. We must see that as we read it and study it and pray about it and pray about it, God's goodness. He wants us to know more and more about him, but he's not just going to spoon feed it to us. We have to get down and start reading what scripture says. Amen. That's what we need to do. Let's look at the basic process of interpretation um, so that we can go through this and get through all of this because there's plenty here to look at. The basic process of interpretation. So to understand a particular portion of scripture, it is necessary, often necessary, to have other related information. We, because, like I said, having the Bible by itself is fine. It may be sufficient, but if you want to go further than that, you're probably going to need to go to a bookstore and do some other things too and, and, and do some additional reading. So here's a summary of some of the basic steps that help a reader understand scripture. Now, if any of these things are not making sense to you, please ask. But a lot of it is pretty basic. First of all, read widely. Read widely. When we're talking about Scripture, read it. Don't just read a little bit here, a little bit there. Pick, put the Bible down after uh, a week or so and then come back to it later. You've got to keep reading it and stay in the Word. There's no substitute for the continual reading of Scripture. You go through a one-year Bible plan, a two-year Bible plan, which we, we endorse here, a two-year Bible plan because it's much easier to read the Scripture over a two-year period. And guess what you do after the two years? You get right back and start over again where you were left off and go back into it again. Because God speaks to you as you become more familiar with Scripture. By reading widely throughout the Bible, a person gets basic knowledge that will help them understand individual passages. And the Bible plan that we use um, is a Bible plan that gives you Old Testament, New Testament, Psalms, and Proverbs in one day. You cover a pretty good 
cross-section of the Bible every time you open it and follow that Bible plan. So just keep that in mind as you're reading Scripture. And it's okay to read a little bit more, too. If you, if you read what's required for that day, that's great. But you, there's always an opportunity for you to read more if you want to read more Scripture. Amen? Number two, observe carefully. Observe carefully. We've got to learn to read carefully to notice what is actually said. Observation is the crucial skill basic to interpretation. And that comes from Howard Hendricks in Living by the Book in Moody Press. He's, he, uh, I believe in that text, actually spoke about how observation is the crucial skill basic to interpretation. You can be able to see things, observe it carefully. The next thing is to know the context of what you're reading. The context of a passage means the scripture that's means the scripture that surrounds it. In other words, you might read one Bible verse, um, John three sixteen, for God uh, so loved the world that He gave His only uh, Son, uh, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, perish, but have eternal life. But I've also thought it was important to also read John three seventeen. Uh, and I'm going to paraphrase it here only because I'm, I'm my mind is racing very badly here when I start doing things like that. Uh, God loved, well, he, he said that he did not come to condemn the world, but he came to save those individuals who acknowledge his, uh, who he is. So all of those things need to be put into context because we want, we sometimes forget that we, we are not worshiping a God who is ready to automatically condemn you because of the fact that you are a God, uh, a person who uh, is falls into sin. Thank you very much for putting that up, sweetie. <laughs> We've got John 3, 16 and 17. The purpose is we need to know what the passages say in in totality. It's okay to pull from one passage, but we also want to make sure that we're pulling from both of them. We do not serve a God who is a a God of condemnation. He doesn't like sin. He hates sin, but he is not condemning us. He wants us to have that relationship with him because we believe in him. He wants us to trust in him, and that's important for us to see too because we have to understand a lot of people try to run away from God because they think he is a God who can't be approached. He automatically is going to condemn you because of your your lifestyle. That couldn't be further from the truth. As long as you have breath, you have an opportunity to acknowledge who Jesus Christ is as Lord and Savior. But once uh, your time is up, that no longer is an option. So, But he's not going to condemn you right off the bat. He's going to say, okay, um, you recognize that he died on the cross for you and saved, saved you. Uh, all you have to do is acknowledge that he indeed is saving you. And, and recognize that he is your Lord and Savior. Um, know the context. To understand a verse, it must be read. You have to understand the entire paragraph on where that's coming from. The paragraph likewise makes sense in the larger context of the chapter or section. And then the entire book or letter and even the Bible as a whole is the largest context that you can get into. Amen? So know the context. Context, I've always said, is very, very important. One verse by itself doesn't matter. Understand something. You can take a verse, and going back to how you interpret Scripture, you can turn it around to make it fit your personal benefit. Don't allow that to happen. Don't do that for yourself. Always understand the context. Amen? Understanding the type of literature that you're reading, too. The Bible has different types of literature. A proverb, a parable, a psalm, an epistle, which is a letter, a narrative, which is a story, um... Uh, such as in the book of Ruth, okay? And prophecy are all different types of literature. God used all of them to teach truth and principles, but they each teach 
teach truth differently. Let me say that again. They each teach truth differently. <laughs> For example, a parable is not a literally true story. The reader has to understand that and look at the principle Christ was teaching. An epistle of Paul's, a letter, on the other hand, teaches doctrinal truth and applications much more directly. So we need to understand what we're reading and what the purpose of that teaching is. And God in his wisdom is also showing us something very important about how he wrote this to a very unique group of people. We're all created differently. We all reason and understand things differently sometimes. We see things differently. And he's teaching us in different ways through scripture for whose benefit our benefit something may really hit you as being very very important in that teaching by reading let's say something from paul or something from peter but the bottom line is is that he's teaching us in different ways and but all of these different types of literature teach us amen number five study the structure of the passage an outline of a book or passage is very helpful. Make your own outline. You know, a lot of Bibles, especially these study Bibles that you buy, they give a summary of what you're about to read in that book right at the beginning of the uh, area, right before verse 1 of that particular book starts out. If you go to a study Bible, you'll see a summary of what is being presented. And that's very, very helpful. It outlines the logic and shows the logic and direction of the writer's thought. And... In the epistles, especially, look for key structure words that indicate purpose. That in order that, reason or for because or conclusion of effect, therefore, so then. Remember, there's always ways that are being referenced in scripture where it goes back and explains something after what's being stated. These key words help you to outline and thus understand the writer's thought. Now, i got to tell you something. If you're not going back over passages and reading that, them in this manner, it's going to take you longer to understand what's going on. So, and if you don't look at that, the way these things are being phrased in the Bible, um, when Jesus made the words in the, in the King James Version, verily, verily, I say to you, that was a point of very important reference for anybody who was paying attention. And when he emphasized it, when he said it more than once, these are things that he was giving us to us as a clue to make sure that we understand the importance of the meaning of what he is saying. He does give us clues on how to go about this. Amen. Uh, number six, study the significant words and phrases. A concordance helps you find uses of the same word in other parts of scriptures. Scripture. This may help you understand what it means in the passage you're studying. Words do mean things, amen? Words do have a meaning, and there are opportunities where we may have to use a Bible dictionary or a concordance to see how words are being phrased. That's why we have those materials to help enhance our study. We want to have greater meaning. God wants us to have greater meaning. Well, and, and here's the thing. I think I said this earlier. He doesn't want to spoon feed everything to you. He wants you to dig. He wants you to gain understanding because that's how you're going to learn something. It's one thing to sit in a class uh, in high school or college and just hear the professor or the teacher talk to you all the time about what's important. You've got to go back and study yourself and see what's being said and understand it and retain it, right? That's what it comes down to. We, we don't necessarily... Um, want to take the word, take our, let our eyes see something and then make a conclusion. We need to go back and make sure that we're interpreting it the correct way. 
boy, I, you almost wish that those people who were following Jim Jones would have done that, but they never did any of that, never did a word of that. And you have to understand that that's why it's important for you to do those things. Amen? I keep bringing up Jim Jones because it's a tragedy. It just keeps coming up sometimes in my mind about people when, and, and I'm talking about black people, who followed him all the way from Indianapolis out to the West Coast of California. And because of his teachings, they ran him out of California. That's why he went to Guyana in the first place. And, and so you have to understand that there were people who were challenging him as to what he was saying and what he was doing. And yet uh, his followers, they, they elevated him as God rather than uh, the true Lord. Amen. That's tragic. That should never, ever happen again. I pray that it doesn't happen again. But we also know that there are different cults out there. And so we have to recognize that for what it is. Number seven, study Bible doctrine. By studying the various Bible doctrines topically. God, Christ, the Holy Spirit, angels and demons, man and sin, salvation, church, and prophecy. We better underst- we're better able to understand certain passages or verses that are related. So what does this mean? We have to extend our reading, don't we? We've got to read about those subjects. We have to read about those very various Bible doctrines. And you do a topical study. You can do a topical study by just typing something... Uh, as a search on the internet type um, angels and demons for example and see what comes up there's going to be a topical study about those things and recognize that you can do those things about man and sin you know we always want to think that we're so good but we're not good (laughs) Um, Jesus has said so himself he says why do you call me good he was being very honest about that he was projecting honestly about how we should approach things um, we're, we're only good because of Jesus Christ, because of his cleansing power. Amen. But sin is what corrupts us. Sin is what uh, operates out of our flesh. So we need to look at these things and recognize that without Jesus Christ, we don't have any opportunity of having eternal life with him. Without Jesus, we have no shot because of our sin nature of having any kind of uh, an opportunity to have fellowship with him when we pass on from here. Without Jesus, we don't have any opportunity. So these things are the things that you need to study and make sure that you make a declaration for yourself. And we need to see what these certain passages are saying when we read these various topics. By understanding the doctrinal truth involved, the passage makes more sense and our interpretation won't stray from doctrinal truth taught elsewhere. We have a competition sometimes of thought within our own churches. And we need to recognize that some churches get it right. Uh, I'm just going to say, put it out there right now, that Akron Alliance Fellowship tries to get it right every single time. We want to be on the right side. We want to convey the truth at all times. But not all churches have the same attitude about that. A lot of people are not that strong in their understanding of the Bible. And sometimes that is a terrible situation For those individuals who are scuffling with life, if they don't understand what Scripture is saying, if they're not doing their own digging, if they're not uh, understanding the teaching that's coming their way, they're going to struggle. They're going to have problems with this. Study Bible doctrine. Amen. Uh, Number eight, use Bible background resources. A Bible dictionary is a basic tool that gives background information on every person, place, or event mentioned in Scripture. A Bible dictionary needs to be part of your library. 
if you don't have a Bible dictionary, you're going to have trouble um, in understanding certain things. And understand, it's just based upon what understanding the Bible more and more. So part of your part of your repertoire when it comes to being a Bible believer and a Bible reader, studying the Bible, being an investigator of the Bible, Amen. A Bible, a readable, understandable Bible. One, I would recommend at least two different translations so that you can see it written in different ways. A dictionary is necessary. A concordance is necessary. That's what you would want. Dictionary, concordance, sometimes they're in the same volume. And and you need to have those things. And, and, and a commentary, commentaries. Many of the study Bibles have commentaries written within them. Uh, you may want to pick up also additional commentaries that are available in public domain. Matthew Henry's commentary is fine. It's a it's a um, it's it's older, but it's good. Matthew Henry's commentary is excellent. And there are some more modern commentaries. I picked up um, J. Vernon McGee's uh, Through the Bible, um, which was available through some software that I have called eSword. And it's uh, J. Vernon McGee has is many people swear by J. Vernon McGee and have done so. He is a more modern version of that. But uh, I'm just going to challenge you. You don't really have to spend a lot of money to do this, too. A lot of stuff is available right on your computer. <laughs> you can do all this stuff on your own computer. You don't need to necessarily go out and buy a lot of stuff, but I, I would say that uh, it would be a great thing for you to have them in your library. Amen? If you want to share something with someone else, if you want to read, go through the book, you don't want to be on the computer, if you want to sit quietly in your chair while you're reading, you should be able to do all these things by just going to your own library of information. And that brings to mind how important it is for you, like I had mentioned earlier, to take yourself to a place where you need to know what Scripture is saying. Please turn to Second Timothy chapter 2. I'm going to close out here. We spent a lot of time in Second Peter, First um, Peter, Second Timothy, but it talks about this very issue about biblical inerrancy and making sure that we are doing what's necessary to get it right and make sure that when we're conveying this information to others, we have the understanding that it's right and then we convey what is right. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. And I'm going to start there, but I'm going to read down to verse 18. 2 Timothy 2, 15, and then I'm going to read down to verse 18. Check this out. This is very important for us to see and understand. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved. A worker who has no need to be ashamed rightly handling the word of truth. Amen. Rightly handling the word of truth. Now, this is for those individuals following after that that want to be clever, want to try to do things to see if they, they can do, do more to show how smart they are. And I'm, 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 I'm not trying to be mean about this. I'm being honest about this because this is what I've run across throughout my life uh, in seeing different people. Verse 16, But avoid irreverent babble, for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness. Verse 17. And their talk will spread like gangrene. You see where this is going? Among them are Hymenaeus and Philetus. So Timothy was pointing, uh, uh, the letter to Timothy, it was being pointed out that these two were doing the very same thing. They were talking about Babel, things that weren't relevant. Verse 18. Who have swerved from the truth saying that the resurrection has already happened. They are upsetting the faith of some. 
Amen. This is what we want to avoid. We do not want to try to appear to be more clever. That's a fleshly response. That's a fleshly response. Whenever we want to try to make ourselves more important before others when it comes to the understanding of God's word, that's fleshliness. I'm here to tell you, I'm a, I'm a Bible reader, studier, just like you. I'm nobody special. I'm just conveying the truth as I understand it. And honestly, I've made mistakes. I've had to correct myself. You, all of us are in that position. We've got to make sure that we are humbly approaching this thing because, first of all, there's a lot of responsibility for people who go before others and try to teach about God's word. And I take that burden very seriously. And everybody else should too. And don't be clever. Cleverness is not going to get you anywhere except a place of condemnation, frankly, before the Lord. I would not want to be standing before the Lord and talking about stuff like, you know, he would point something out that, like that out to me. And I'd be like, Lord, what could I say? I'm just like, I would, like uh, Noah said, I close my mouth. Uh, 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 I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not going to say anything about it. So... The bottom line is we don't want to do that. We don't want to have those types of... No, Job said that. Excuse me, I was saying Noah. Job said, I closed my mouth when God was speaking to him. Job was saying, I don't have anything to say. I'm not going to. Don't put yourself in that position. Amen? You make sure that you're following what the Word is saying and you're studying the Word and you're praying about it and you're giving it all to the Lord. That's what we should be doing. We'll stop here today on that. We'll pick up next week and continue in the area of interpretation. And also cover some other areas, illumination uh, and application as well, too. But I pray that you understand the importance of taking this very seriously. It is a serious matter. You want to get it right. You want to do it right. And let reading the Bible be a pleasure because God is speaking to you in ways that more and more as you get into it, it gets better and better and better and affirms you uh, as he affirms himself uh, in his word. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your teaching and how important it is for us to make sure that we do get it right before you. Lord, we want to hear your word when others speak about it, but we also want to go back and look at it for ourselves. We thank you for your teaching and we thank you for your constant instruction. Lord, you want us to be in the word every day and you challenge us in doing so. And Lord, we want to find ways to be in the word every day and make it simple and easy for us to come back to you even when we miss some time. We thank you for that too. Thank you for showing us your character day after day. Thank you for your patience with us as we look to your word and wait for you and respond in response to any prayers that we have. Thank you for all that you're doing and teaching us even at this very moment. We give you praise and thanks in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thanks so much for being here, everybody. God bless you all. You take care of yourselves. Take the words at heart about the importance about knowing the context of Scripture and what you're reading and making sure that we don't twist it for our own benefit, that we indeed take it for what it truly is. We, we appreciate that very much. Jackie, God bless you. Um, um, I'm sorry for your loss uh, regarding uh, your dad, but he indeed, if he is, you're confident that he's there with the Lord, then that's something to rejoice about. Amen. We appreciate all of you being here today. God bless you all. Take care of yourselves, and we will see you next time. Take care.